Let's go. Let's look a minute for, at uh, Matthew seven, verse twenty-eight. Matthew seven twenty-eight says, "Come to Jesus said here, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you a job." No, no. He said, I will give you what? Rest. Rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is what? My burden is light. Light. Is, Is the Lord here to load you up with heavy stuff? Well, I'm just trying to bear my burden. So just obviously when the Lord said, you know, that we are to take up our cross daily, that he wasn't talking about us just struggling through life. Cuz he said, this is a contrast of the way you have been doing it, the way you have lived your life, the way you have approached um God is it's been hard. You've been heavy laden, you've been burdened, but here Come take my yoke. He said, this one's easy. This one's light. Everybody say easy. easy. That's a good word to remember, isn't it? Easy. I remember years ago when I, years ago at Rama, you know, 20-some years ago, there was kind of this thing going around. All the people who worked there uh, at the ministry, you could see in their little offices and cubicles, they all had signs that said, it's easy. It was kind of a, I don't know, a thing going around. came from a sermon somewhere. And everyone was reminding themselves that it's easy. What's the opposite of it's easy? It's hard. <laughs> isn't, isn't there a tendency for people just to believe and even say, you know, life's hard? Or this circumstance, this situation, this is a hard thing. And they could probably list ten things in their life that are hard, but not too many things that are easy. When Jesus never promised us hard, He promised us easy. That if we yoke up with Him, we've got an easy ride here. Yeah, yeah. he didn't say there would never be tribulation, temptation, those kind of things. But he said, when we're doing it his way, when we're yoked up with him, it, there, there is an ease to this thing. There is an ease to life. Let, let me encourage you to adapt that language in your own life, all right? Especially if you're thinking, thinking opposite. If you're thinking, oh, what am I going to do? This, I mean, this thing's too big. This is too difficult. This is hard. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Say, it's easy yeah yeah if you need to make a sign signs are good amen write it on your doorposts on the <laughs> it's easy it's easy what's easy well what is it what is it what's easy what's easy well what's hard I know you want to say nothing now but <laughs> you know whether whether it's a financial situation what is it Someone said, yeah, 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 but you don't know. I know what Jesus said, and I know how I'm supposed to think. All right. So what if it's a relationship problem? What is it? Easy. Is it easy? If we're connected with Jesus, yeah, easy. Yeah. Amen. What about a physical problem? What is that? What if it's terminal? Say, it's not terminal anymore. Easy. Amen. Let me ask you this. Is salvation easy? 
Well, then look at Matthew 7, where I was going. Matthew 7, verse 13. Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. There are few who find it. Well, I'm not trying to trick you here, but... Well, what did Jesus say about the way to life? He said it's difficult. Now, that almost doesn't make any sense. My yoke is easy, and it seems to me when I got saved, that wasn't too hard. I don't know about you. But who is it hard for? Is it hard? Is it difficult for some? Absolutely. As Jesus said, it's difficult. How many know it's difficult if you do it your way? It's difficult if you approach things the way, in the way that man wants to, according to our efforts or our own works or our own uh, goodness. Uh, salvation is very, very difficult, all right? It's a hard deal, but when you get on board and get yoked up with Jesus, you cruise right in. You can handle the narrow way because you're doing it with Him. Amen. Amen. It's like riding on an old, you know, if you're uh, on a, I've been in Mexico a few times riding through the mountains on these little rocky dirt roads in a van full of people that I'm responsible for and huge big cliffs and not real wide. And it's like, (sighs) and what I'm glad for at those times that I'm in a vehicle that has at least pretty good steering. You know, not a whole lot of play. You ever been in one of those vehicles? You could go like this and it still goes straight. <laughs> it's just a real lot of play and they're real loose or some real old rinkety thing that, I mean, it's just hard to, you know, it's not exactly like a race car or like a BMW. You know, it's got real tight steering. If you've ever driven a BMW, they really hug the road and they're kind of a uh, race car, sports car. And, uh, uh, but uh, when it comes to things that are difficult, I don't want to be in one of these. If the, if the road's narrow... I want to be in. Uh, I want to be linked up with Jesus, where it's easy to stay on the road. Amen. And then, then things are easy. But if I don't approach things His way, and if I'm doing things in my own strength and just seeking my own will and my own kingdom, my own fame and my own plan, and I just want to be known, and I just want, uh, I'm doing it. It's all for the money, honey. Uh, then, uh, then I'm in trouble. All right, because life is going to be a challenge. It's going to be difficult. Amen. You, you know the scripture over in Proverbs. Why don't you look at that with me while you're, while you're, while you're here and while I'm here. Uh, Proverbs 14. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Proverbs 14 and uh, 12 says there is a way. That seems right to a man, but its end is the way of what? Of death. There is a way that seems right to who? A way that seems right to man, but the end of that way is death. Can we see the the comparison here? We got uh, the Lord's way, or being yoked up with Jesus, taking his burden, so to speak. Uh, That way is easy. That way is light. We've got man's way, and that way is hard. All right. Now, probably the you know certainly the majority of us here, we've already chosen the way of the Lord, 
in the sense of we've gone through the open gate and we're saved. And so that's not really not the issue. But there can be times, uh, frequent times, when we're given a choice. We have options before us. We got the, the fork in the road. And one way is our way. And the other way is God's way. And it's amazing, you know, it doesn't, I'm not saying it's going to change your salvation. <laughs> Lord's not going to love you any less, but Christians are tempted sometimes to take the other path. Are, are you listening? And I'm saying this today because there are people in here who are being tempted to take the other path. You know, you know for certain what God's way is what the way of righteousness is, what the way the, the right thing to do in your life, but there's a real temptation to just go the other way because you know, well, you know, there's forgiveness. How many know that's a terrible model to live by? You know, when people say sometimes better to ask for forgiveness than permission? <laughs> now, it might be funny, not a model for our lives. <laughs> you know, taking advantage of God's grace saying, oh, you know, he's got to forgive. Listen, the person who, who lives their life by that, I question whether they're really saved. I do. I mean, what's going on in a person's heart that would talk like that? But I'm telling you, even a Christian, even those of us with, you know, we're not like that, there can still be a temptation at times to take the other way. Maybe it's a matter of integrity, you know, and some corners can be cut, some, you know, some ethical lines can be blurred, but it's ultimately for good and we'll, we'll justify and, and you know the enemy will help you justify and give you reasons to believe why you know this is not so bad after all God wants you to prosper and uh, God wants you to be happy how many of you know think a million sins have been justified by God wants me to be happy <laughs> I don't know if everyone caught that they do people Christians do that and it's really a trap of the enemy amen really the trap of the enemy to get people to compromise their stand, to compromise their values, to compromise their Christian witness and testimony. And we don't want to get, in, get involved with that. There's a way that seems right. But you know it's at the end of that thing. The end of it leads to death. Why in the world would we ever choose our way over God's way when the end of our way leads to death? The answer is because we don't see it. We see the way. We see what we think might work out better. God's way, it's like, eh, I know the Lord wants me to do this. doesn't seem like it'll work it out. Notice that word seem? God's way will work out. God's way will be a blessing. To choose His path will produce success. That's where He gets involved in your life. That's where His blessing is there. That's where the yoke is easy, the burden is light. How many understand, a lot of times we have to just be reminded of this and take it by faith. That I'm going to maintain my integrity because I live for Him. He's the one who gave His life for me. And I'm not going to compromise this decision, you know, for this temporary gain. Understand it is. If there is any gain in it, it's always temporary. The ways of man, the end of that thing is death. The end of that thing is death. Death, as many of you know, we talk about this in many contexts, works incrementally or progressively in people's lives. It's not always necessarily, if I decide to 
decide on this other option that I know is a compromising option doesn't mean you're going to keel over tomorrow, right? But it's giving place to the enemy's work in your life. And that happens progressively and you keep going down that path and, you know, it's just not good, even though the Lord loves you. Amen. Let's choose the will of God. Choose His way above our way. Choose His plan above our plan. And uh, let's look. Well, I told you to go to 2 Corinthians 9. You still got your finger over there? Well, I don't, but... On your way over there, stop in Acts. Just a little pit stop. All right. 15. Acts 15. Notice this language. 15:28, because Proverbs 14, there's a way that seems right to a what? To a man, the end leads to death. Verse 28, it says, "For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us." It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. They had questions and they had things they needed answered. And it's interesting to me the verbiage that they used. They they didn't just say. It seemed good to us. They said, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us. That's a good priority system right there. (laughs) That it seemed good to Him and to us. Now, because we're saved, we're born again, you'll have that witness. So it seems good to you in here. When I say, you understand when I say in here? Remember Jesus said, "Out out of your heart or out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water frequently you'll find out when you're deciding you're praying you're praising God that sometimes things will seem good in here and your head will go Woo, I don't know about this your head will give you all kinds of different options and that's where the enemy can come in and uh, and bring temptation and there's thoughts and there's uh, um, you know options there but down in here I don't know if you've ever had that I've had I can tell you a number of times in my life when, when, when that when that has happened uh, some some of those times were when I was I remember one time when I was uh, when I was single and I was uh, uh, not wanting to be and uh, uh, and so I had my eye out you know <laughs> in fact this is when I was in Bible college and uh, and and so that's what people do there <laughs> that's that's why they call it bridal college you know people are going into ministry and they'll want to go in ministry with someone else all right so anyway, eyes were open. Uh, and uh, anyway, I, w- I went one day, um, one day in church. I went, and there was this, there was this uh, young lady there that I knew a little bit as a f- friend, and and uh, and nothing was happening there. But I, I went in. Well, I was looking where to sit. I was walking in alone. I went over and sat by her. There was nothing odd about that. Uh, but when I sat, when I went down over there and sat by her, the Lord dealt with me real strong. No. And I. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I wasn't even asking. <laughs> Seriously, I wasn't. I mean, I, but what I knew, what I believe is I probably would have, I guess, otherwise the Lord wouldn't have said that to me. He wouldn't have dealt with me. I guess something probably would have developed, and then I would have got entangled in this relationship, and he just was telling me up front, don't bother. <laughs> and I thought, well, praise God. Now, in my mind, I, I still to this day have no idea why. Don't need to. Sometimes you don't need to know why. That's called trusting God. Amen. Amen. You just go, okay, 
nope, we're good. Not even going to think that. Wasn't yet, but I guess I would have. <laughs> but I'm not even going to now. Just not going to let me. The Lord will save us from a lot of trouble. He'll save us from a lot of things if we'll trust Him, trust His way, not our, our way. But again, this language is good. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to me. Seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to me. What seems good to the Holy Spirit in your life? So, well, I don't know. Well, sure you do. Sure you do. You get praying and you, you become aware of what He likes. Hmm? It's just like being, it's just, it's like being married for a while. How many understand you get to know, if you're married, you get to know what your spouse likes. I can tell you things my wife doesn't like. She can tell you what things I don't like and vice versa, things we do like. Not because we filled out a survey or questionnaire on each other. Uh, we've just been around. And how many know when you walk with the Lord, you start becoming familiar with things He likes and things He doesn't like? Yeah. And, that's, and, and how many understand that's a different approach to our relationship with God like we've been teaching in this series on grace. It's not a matter of I'm just following the law. Amen. I'm just following a, a set of laws. I've become acquainted with Him. I've become acquainted with His ways. I'm familiar with what God likes and what God doesn't like. And the more I spend time with Him, I know He doesn't like it when I do this. He really likes it when I do this. Yeah, and you get to recognize this seems good to Him. Ooh, I don't know about you, but I like approval. I like to know that God is pleased with something I'm involved with, something I'm doing. All right, now go over to that verse. The first one, 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9. God is so good. Oh, not 9, actually 8. <laughs> Didn't I tell you 8 the first time? All right. I like 9. That's a whole good chapter. Maybe we'll read that too. Uh, no, chapter 8 and verse, verse 12. It says, For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. Notice that language, that it is accepted. This is talking about giving, of course, and offerings. He said, if there is first a willing mind, then it's accepted. What if someone does something with an unwilling mind? Well, I would have to say that their gift is not accepted. I don't want to live my life doing things that are not accepted by God. And I seem to be able to find scriptures like this one and others that indicate that not everything I do is accepted by Him. Even though I'm accepted because I'm in Christ. We'll talk more about that this weekend, I think. But, uh, but that doesn't mean everything I do is accepted by Him. See, there can come a point uh, where we... Pastor Mickey and I used this term, I think it was his term first, called loosey-goosey. To basically describe uh, going too far in in one extreme from being, uh, you know, there's the real rigid side and people get so hung up with, again, probably law and rules and regulations and they live their lives by that. 
And, uh, of course, we want to operate in God's grace. But then there's some who get so loosey-goosey, meaning simply they don't think that, uh, that some, that God actually has a preference in some of our lives and some of what we do, that, w- w- that he wants to be actively engaged and involved. And we've gone sometimes too far on the other side. And it's like, well, you know, I can just do anything I want. I mean, you know what I'm saying? God loves me. His grace is sufficient for me. And those statements are true. And all of a sudden, the fact that God has a plan or He wills certain things to happen in my life, I've gotten so far away from that that it's just all about I'll do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, disregarding anything else because, hey, I'm, in the, um, I'm saved. I'm under grace. And that's gone too far. Does everybody recognize that? God, in other words, in our covenant, in our day-to-day, God still has a plan. It's tailor-made and specific towards you. God still has a purpose for our lives, and there will still be many times along this journey options. There will be a choice to take one path or the other. You know, and, and I don't really believe that God uh, would hold us responsible for, if you know, if I honestly, if I'm praying, I'm seeking Him, and I truly honestly don't know what to do, I think I'm in a good position in the sense that uh, I'm not, it's not like, it's, it's different than if I don't know what to do, than if I do know what to do and I made the wrong choice. I don't know if that's real clear. <laughs> I believe that the Lord will always, if we'll look to Him, make known to us which path is right. Now, if I'm not paying attention, I might not know. But if I'm honestly seeking to know which way is right, know the will of God, in fact, there's a verse on that, then He'll show me. Go to John. John 7, 17. Okay, everybody got that? He said, Jesus said, if anyone wills to do his will, wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Notice that language. He's teaching. He's preaching. He said, if you want to know, if you want to know the will of God, you will know. He will know concerning the doctrine. And if we've got a choice before us, If you really and truly want to know what's right, you will know. That's pretty easy qualification there, isn't it? Say, well, that's easy. Everyone will always know. Uh, Unfortunately, not not all the time do people want to know. I've I've been in some situations where I kind of didn't want to pray about it. Honestly, it's because I already knew. (laughs) Or I suspected that what I really wanted to do, God didn't want me to do it. I've gone to make a purchase before, and in the store, I'm checked about it. It's like, oh, I mean, I planned it, (laughs) saved for it, went to make the purchase, and I knew it was wrong, and kind of was like, well, why? Why can't I buy that? 
Now, I could have, but I'd have suffered for it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, something, I don't know what would, something would have gone wrong, it would have broke, I don't know. It would have gone well, but in the meantime, I'm having a little battle. Because my head says, you want that, you need that, you got the money for that. That would be nice, and a nice addition to your life. <laughs> but inside, uh-uh, don't get that, don't get that. And then I've got a choice, which one am I going to go with? There's a way that seems right to man. It's because man doesn't know everything. We have limited sight. The Bible says we see through a glass dimly. We know in part. We prophesy in part. We only know little bits here and there. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to go with the one who knows everything. And when it seems good to the Holy Spirit in me, I'm going with that. Amen. Let me encourage you tonight to to not compromise. That's an interesting message, huh? Not, I'm not talking about compromise with your spouse and come up with a deal, <laughs> something you both can agree on. I'm talking about compromising your stand, compromising your integrity, compromising, uh, you know, your honor, whether it's in the work, what's a business decision, uh, whatever it is. Stuff flies at us all day long. And, uh, you know, a friend of mine was uh, telling me about this book. I haven't read it. I just read the first part on my iPad because uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can sample them you know uh, read the first chapter it was called The Christian Atheist and uh, I don't know that, that kind of gives you a strange looks uh, but in, anyway basically basically the point of this guy's book was talking about Christians who uh, don't act like they uh, don't act like they're saved they're, they they confess to be a Christian. They say they're a Christian, but they don't they don't live it. They don't act it. They got they got other. They basically live what we might call a compromised life. If you talk to them, they believe in the Lord. They believe in God. They, you know, they they've accepted Jesus, but you look at their life and it looks no different than that of the world. And that, that, that's that's an interesting uh, thing. And you know, the will of God needs to matter to us. His will, His ways, and even His whys. Why do we do what we do? Why do I want to do the will of God? Why do I want to be involved in this or that or the other? And ultimately, the response of this needs to be, I want to do it for His glory, not so I'm lifted up, not so I'm promoted, and I get this, that, and the other. I do His will because I want Him to be glorified. I want people to be helped. I want change to come. Amen. Amen. God is so, God is so good. Praise God. Uh, he wants to do some good things in us. Amen. Father, we just thank you tonight now for your presence. Thank you for the work of God in us. Thank you for the plan of God coming to pass full fruition, all your will, all your ways. Lord, we believe that you're at work in us again here tonight. You're at work in us. Your work is being accomplished in us. Father, for those who've come with questions, I believe some of those things have been answered already. They've been tempted to go the wrong way, been tempted to make a, a left when they need to make a right. Lord, I thank you that your spirit brings empowerment and understanding and confidence and knowing of which way we're supposed to go. Thank you, Lord. So good you are so good you are let's just do this take a moment uh, take a moment tonight 
and maybe I already have been while we've been praying but, but there's some people and some situations that need to be established in our hearts and where, dis- where quality honorable godly decisions are made and it's made just sometimes just between you and the Lord where you reaffirm and, and, and tell him Lord I'm going to do your plan I'm going to do your will I delight to do your will and there's a specific situation facing you here in God's presence say Lord I'm going to make the right choice I'm going to do the honorable thing it may cost you money it may cost you up front but understand at the end of God's path is life there's a result in, his, in, in going his way that leads to life and you'll avoid so many things that you don't see today by choosing to do the right thing Lord we just consecrate ourselves our hearts our plans we consecrate our plans and say Lord your plan and not the plan of man your will and not our will be done we, le- we yield ourselves tonight as vessels that you can use that vessels that you can flow through thank you for your mighty grace and power